thank you for joining us for episode 18 of Head Start. This is a weekly podcast to help Liberty's adult and student ministry life group leaders prepare for the upcoming lesson. Okay, there's the, what did you call it last week? Chutzvah. Chutzvah. That's yeah. the Hebrew word. Is yeah, pizzazz. There it pizzazz. is. I, I think that's a literal to, translation, yes. Yeah. Yes, trying to bring it like it ain't been brung. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> Uh, a get to know you question, and actually, uh, I accidentally said one of them, so they've had 38 seconds to prepare for this first one. What is your favorite pizza? You're ordering pizza. I don't care if you're if you're, you know, uh, having it delivered or you're going to your favorite whatever pizza place, whatever it is, you're getting pizza. What's it going to be? So I have two answers for this one. Uh, when I was a student at Bryan College, mm-hmm. the cafeteria food was great for the first two years. Yes. And then after that, you got a little tired of it. So I uh, found myself in the pizza line a lot more frequently. Man, they had a buffalo chicken pizza with hot sauce and, you know, yes. uh, chicken. And there's like kind of a white ranch-ish sort of pizza sauce on there. Absolutely delicious. Uh, but my standards were probably lower. So uh, today, if I'm going to order pizza, like from, it's going to be from Pizza Hut. Okay. And it's going to have stuffed crust. Ooh. And it is probably going to be kind of a meat lover's idea with bacon, pepperoni, that sort of thing on it. So... Yes, that's good. Or barbecue chicken. Barbecue chicken pizza. I like all the pizza. Yes, I like that. I, I'm going to do, it's going to have uh, vegetables, onions, and peppers, and, and all those things. And I, you look, best of both worlds, all those vegetables and all those meats, that's where it's at right there in my mind. Just, just pile it on, baby. Let's go with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I like pretty much any pizza. Uh, I do not care for olives, so I do like I'm with you the there. Supreme yes. pizza. That's yes. that's a good one. Um, I think if I'm making my own, probably pepperoni and pineapple. I like oh, those wow. two together. And then if I'm going to Mellow Mushroom, I'm getting that buffalo chicken. Yes. Uh, okay. That's that's that high-end pizza that we get maybe once a year. Sure, <laughs> right. sure. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the olives, I'm out on olives and mushrooms. If there's if there's large mushrooms that I can see, they're coming off, yeah. right? Mm. Otherwise, I'll just roll with it, you know. Yeah. But well, pizza's uh, not supposed to be healthy. So yeah. Oh, like that's true. That's one way. Dad's right now. This is true. That's Supreme. a true statement. <laughs> okay, so the last, the next one is here's the question: Is um, y- y- you guys probably no? I know you do. You use emojis a whole lot more than I do. Uh, so it, first, do you use emojis? Yes. No. Seldom do I. And I may get some ribbing about that from one person on this table wearing a Miami Hurricane shirt. Go Canes. Yes. Um, And so if you do, what's your go-to? What's your go-to emojis? Well, it's the only one speaking here. Just, well, let me ask yeah, this: Because does the thumbs up is that a yeah, is that an emoji? an emoji? I don't ever use like the faces okay. or the little yeah, thing. Yeah, that's an emoji. emoji. I will do a thumbs Give it up. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Uh, man, this is cringeworthy for younger listeners, and so I'm very grateful that you know our life group leaders are mostly of my age or older. Sure. Uh, it's the crying laughing emoji. And yes. I, just, I love to laugh, and that's a great one. It's kind of sad because it's kind of like when we send LOL, you know, back in the day uh, to each other. It's like, were you really laughing out loud when you sent that? Were sure, you? I mean, sure. most of the time it's yeah. no. No, you no. Know? Mm. I'm not Maybe usually snicker. crying laughing. That's only happened a couple of times, but it's just, it's a great face. So, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. probably my most frequently used. So actually, I just uh, responded to a text message uh, that I received just moments ago. And on purpose, I forced myself to use three emojis. Mm-hmm. That must have hurt. Yeah. 
Yeah, I had to work at it. I did because it doesn't naturally happen. <laughs> so what was the point of forcing yourself to do that? Because I because I could hear Brian go. Okay. What can't you give some emotion? <laughs> Matt, it just has to come down to this is this will dive us right back in. It's the same thing as beginning the podcast, right? I need yeah. some pizzazz in your text energy. messages. Some yes. flavor, yeah, some energy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'll have to work on that. <laughs> Probably not. Okay, so uh, so thinking uh, of, uh, I love to, as we transition or in between going from the get to know you to talking to leaders for just a moment. Um, I, uh, when I was in college, I worked at Sears and I had uh, a number of coworkers and one of my coworkers, she uh, was the person who saw the glasses half empty all the time. And for me, it was almost a personal challenge uh, to when I saw that we were on the schedule together to could I get her to think in something that was remotely positive. Uh, and, and so as we think about life group leaders, there are people in your groups that are struggling. Uh, just as this coworker of mine struggled to see things positively, there's people in our groups that are struggling. And, and I was reading uh, just this morning, Paul David Tripp, it's a, it's a devotional that he has. And I just want to read just a paragraph out of it, uh, just as a, an encouragement to us as leaders to recognize the ministry that we have in life group is significant. So the, this paragraph, it reads, uh, there simply is no panic in heaven. God is never anxious. There's no confusion in the Trinity. God never wrings his hands and wishes he had a better choice. God never worries about what is going to happen next or stresses over how things are going to turn out. God never, God is never surprised or caught up short. He is never in a situation that overwhelms him. God never feels needy or unprepared. God never regrets that he did not do better. God never fails at a task, and God never makes promises that he cannot keep. He never forgets that he, or what he said or what he wants to do next. God never contradicts himself or, or himself or fails to be exactly who he said he was. He is all-powerful, absolutely perfect in every way, faithful in every word, sovereign over all that is, the definition of love, and he is righteous, just, tender, and patient, all at the same time. This is not, he is not dismayed or distracted by our panic and our questions. No, the sovereign move of his grace marches on and on and on. Man, that's good. So leaders know that the people in your group some of them really struggle with these statements that I just read. And, and they're not walking in hope, and, and they're not seeing hope. That's what we get to do, though. Week after week, we get to speak truth into their lives and give them hope. So just know that what you do as a life group leader matters. It does have impact. So thank you so much for the investment that you make into those in your group. So. All right, so let's look now, just as uh, we transition again, uh, to look at the passage. Uh, where Our focal passage this week is Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 through 30, and Kyle is going to guide our conversation as we look at this passage. Yeah, so as uh, we look at, at these verses, it begins with Paul 
introducing two fellow workers. Um, and he begins by saying, hey, I hope in the Lord um, to send Timothy to you soon. And so writing to the Philippians, he's expressing this desire, but it's not just a just this general hope, not just a general desire. It's one in the Lord because he does recognize, again, that his entire situation and everything that's coming in the future is really grounded in what is God's will. Um, he's hoping in the Lord that um, he will send Timothy to the Philippians because he wants to hear of their progress. He will have written this letter. They will have received it. And now he's going to be wanting to send Timothy in the future to see if they are actually living out what he's written. Um, one of the marks of good leadership and spiritual leadership is accountability and following up and saying, hey, are you actually doing the things that God has called you to do? Um, Paul's saying, I'm going to send Timothy to see if you are uh, living a life worthy of the gospel of, of Christ. Are you really uh, seeing your love abound more and more with all knowledge and discernment as he's been praying for them? Um, are you really living um, in a way that says, hey, I've got full courage and I uh, to live is Christ and to die is gain? Are you putting others' interests before your own? You know, he's kind of going to follow up with them through Timothy to see if they're actually doing what he's called them to, because he wants to be cheered by their progress. He wants to see that they're actually growing in the Lord. And so he sends Timothy, and he trusts Timothy. Um, he trusts Timothy. He says, I have no one like him. He doesn't mean that he doesn't have other godly men and women around him. Um, he's just being, um, he's, he's using hyperbole here to really point out, hey, Timothy is really trustworthy um, because he's genuinely concerned for the well-being of the Philippians. Remember at the beginning of, of the letter, he's talked about others are preaching Christ for all sorts of selfish reasons. In the same way, he can't send those kinds of people to uh, try to understand what's going on with the Philippians. He, he needs to send someone who is Christ-centered in his concern. And so he's sending Timothy because... Because Timothy loves Christ most and, and loves the Philippians, he's going to know how to evaluate the Philippians best. People are going with their selfish interests. They're going to be measuring the Philippians by wrong standards. Uh, you know, are they um, making much of that individual servant? Are they serving my needs or things like that? Timothy, he is genuinely concerned for the welfare, the Christ-likeness of the Philippians. He says, all those other people, they seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But Timothy, he seeks the interests of Jesus in the life of the Philippians. Um, and so uh, that godly character, that godly concern comes from um, Timothy really desiring to see Jesus Christ uh, shown in the life of the Philippians. 
And we look at that as you're looking at that um, verses 19 through 22. It's it is so obvious that um, that Paul is hearkening back to uh, the beginning of the chapter of chapter two. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. He goes on there looking looking at the others' interest as more important. And it's like uh, Paul's like, I want to double down on this because that's what I said earlier. But that's who Timothy is. He's walking in that. That's not just something that's not this catchy phrase, but here's a guy that's doing this. And so one of the questions uh, in this section is, why is it important? Why is it important for Christians to put the needs of others above their own? And so to be able to ask that question, to, to have, to even to give time for your group to ponder, if you ask that question and no one answers right away, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Allow the silence to linger. Be okay with silence because at some point, give them a moment or two as someone will, will wrestle with that and will have an answer and will come out with it. Uh, and, and then the follow-up question is, how has Jesus modeled this perfectly? Hmm. Wow. I mean, we can talk all day about that, the example after example after example of how Jesus put the interest of others before his own in, in, in his own and own. And so, I know me personally, and I believe we heard uh, Pastor Tim preaching this the other day, uh, of how we all struggle. Mm -hmm. We all struggle with this selfishness that just happens. We don't have to wrestle with it. It just happens naturally. So for us to be at this point where we're putting others' interests in front of our own is something we must die to self and allow Christ to reign for in our own life. And I think it's inspirational, too, the way that Paul writes this. Right? It's mm-hmm. like when Isaiah is in the presence of the Lord and God says, you know, who do I have? Who can I send? Mm-hmm. And Isaiah is there and he's like, well, hey, here I am. Yeah. Send me. Right. So Paul doing the same thing. This letter is going to the Philippians. He's saying, I've got nobody else like minded. Again, hyperbolic. Yeah. But I've got nobody else like minded. Everybody's seeking their own interests. Yeah. I need somebody who will care genuinely about your interests. And so the hope is that the Philippians will read that and think, well, Hey, here I am. You know, Paul, you need somebody. I, I'll go. I'll, I'll be that person. So it's, it's inspiring as well. That's good. Yeah, for sure. And and the the examples of Timothy and Epaphroditus in these uh, in in this passage really um, make it where we can't get ourselves off the hook of of following in Christ's footsteps because oftentimes we we'll say, well, that's Jesus. You know, he was perfect, or that's Paul. You know, he's the greatest apostle. Yeah. Um, oh. Well, okay, here's Timothy. Uh, well, you know, Timothy's fairly well-known. He's got a couple couple books in the Bible named after him. Uh, okay, well, here's Epaphroditus. And everybody goes silent because it's like, who's Epaphroditus? Um, right. Now, Epaphroditus is, is more significant, but I can guarantee you, leaders, that if you ask people in your group, who is Epaphroditus, no one's going to be able to answer that. And yet, Paul is using him as an example of this is someone that puts um, the other, uh, other's interest before their own. Therefore, none of us have an excuse of saying, well, I'm just not that big of a Christian, or I'm not that mature of a Christian. Well, it, no, like it doesn't matter if you're the greatest apostle or someone that no one else really knows about. This is the call of God on your life. And um, so these two examples um, really challenge us in that. 
So you've got Timothy, he says, you know his proven worth. He's like a son um, who has served me. Um, and, and so Paul has this genuine affection for Timothy. Again, not seeing himself as better than Timothy, but as someone who has invested and, and had this very real spiritual um, just brotherhood with Timothy, father-son kind of relationship uh, with Timothy. And that really is a model for us in terms of Christian and gospel partnership. Uh, This is not just a a business partnership. This is not just an organizational partnership. It really is a family. And we do talk about the church being a faith family. Paul Paul speaks like that in the scriptures when it comes to his fellow um, gospel partners. So uh, you've got that real affection there. He says, hey, as soon as I figure out what, how this is all going to turn out for me in terms of me getting out of prison, I'm going to be sending Timothy to you, and then hopefully I'll be following him. I'll be coming myself. Mm-hmm. Then he goes on to introduce Epaphroditus, and Epaphroditus uh, was someone that was very significant for the Philippians because it seemed seems that he was someone that was sent by the Philippians to minister to the needs of Paul. And uh, he introduces Epaphroditus as my brother, my fellow worker, my fellow soldier, your messenger, and your uh, minister to my needs. Five uh, different ways that he describes Epaphroditus right out of the box. And there's a there's a thought that his name points to uh, a b- background that uh, was pagan worship. Epaphroditus, uh, Aphrodite was a goddess uh, in uh, I think Greek or Roman uh, mythology, and so um, there's thought that this was where kind of a Epaphroditus's upbringing came from, and yet God has transformed him, and and Paul is saying, hey, this is who he really is now in Christ. He's my brother. He's my fellow worker, my fellow soldier, your messenger from the church in Philippi, and then also your minister to my needs. And so um, they want to know how he's been doing, because evidently they had heard uh, while he was ministering to Paul, he had gotten sick and he had gotten ill to the point of death. Um, but God had healed him. And yet during this time where we didn't have text messaging or phone calls, couldn't hear about things right away, uh, they still are wor- worried about him and they want to know if he's gotten better. And he longs for their distress to be calmed. So he wants to get back there to say, hey, I am okay. You can just, again, see the, the mutual love and care that these um, partners in ministry have. Epaphroditus uh, for uh, the church and the church for Epaphroditus. Um, but God cared for Epaphroditus, healed him, and, and in the process cared for Paul. Because in the midst of his imprisonment, Epaphroditus has been caring for his needs, and Paul recognizes that uh, his healing was an act of mercy by God for Paul, uh, on Paul, because Paul wasn't robbed of someone who was caring for his needs. 
And so Paul is very thankful, but he's also really anxious to send Epaphroditus to calm the nerves and the worries and anxieties of the Philippians. And so he says, hey, I'm sending him. I'm, I'm eager to send him to you that you may rejoice at seeing him again. Receive him with all joy and with all honor. Um, these are the kind of men, um, the ones who labor in the Lord and who even risk their lives for the sake of, of ministry, um, that the church is to look to, that the church is to honor. Um, who should the modern day church look to in, in terms of honoring and lifting up. It should be those who are willing to put others' interests before their own, even to the point of death. Is that not what Christ has done? He became obedient to the point of death, right? Well, Epaphroditus is following in Christ's footsteps by caring for the needs of Paul even at the expense of his own health and well-being. God's shown him mercy, and now he's wanting to go back to the Philippians. And uh, Paul is saying, hey, understand the bigger picture and what Epaphroditus has done. Honor this one. Honor. These are the kinds of servants that we are to look to in the church. Um, Who do we honor? Who do we look to? in order to be our guides? And who do we want to develop into uh, in ways, um, in like, how should I put this? Who do we want to be like so that others look to us as those kinds of guides? Um, Those that are willing to, uh, again, put others' interests before our own, even to the point of costing us maybe even costing us dearly because we put Christ first. And so um, these two men, Timothy and Epaphroditus, are just great illustrations of exactly what Paul has spoken about, specifically in verses 1 through 11 in chapter 2. Um, and so these are great examples of what he's speaking of, and he, they're also great examples for us uh, in that. It's great. So as you move toward the conclusion of your time as a life group, of course, we do have uh, just some some questions regarding how you can see the measures, uh, the marks of a disciple in this passage. I'm going to highlight one for you. Uh, And I really think that first one that our curriculum brings out, who will you be a helper to and encourage toward his or her service of the Lord, even if it is uh, risky? But again, I just think that um, the imitation of Christ, right, imitate uh, these these people who have been mentioned because they're imitating the Lord Jesus in considering the needs of others. As we think through what does it mean to be a helper, right, to invest my time, my talent, and my treasure in order to help other people uh, as they carry out the mission of Jesus as well, or just to lift them up and encourage them in life. Uh, even if it costs us, even if it's sacrificial, maybe maybe especially because it is sacrificial, uh, knowing that we have a Lord and a Savior who did that for us, how can we then turn around and be helpers to other people? So encourage your folks to see that uh, in this passage, two great examples of helpers, especially Epaphroditus as he helped the Apostle Paul. And then we move into the final section and conclusion of how to live this out uh, and apply it to our lives. So there's two points. I think both of them are really excellent for this week. Uh, Number one, ask the Lord to show you how you can be sent as a servant of 
the gospel and uh, to help you respond in obedience. Again, in this passage, no less than three excellent examples of men who devoted their lives uh, to be sent as servants for the gospel. In Paul, Timothy, and Epaphroditus, ask the Lord to show you how you can do the same. More than likely, it's not going to land you in prison. It's not going to cause you to become deathly ill. Uh, And so, man, what an opportunity we have in our current culture uh, to be servants for the Lord. And then number two, look around for opportunities to encourage those who serve the Lord behind the scenes. I think this is great. Uh, Y'all know as the serve pastor at this church, I want to see us grow in, yes, a culture of leadership development, also, though, a culture of encouragement uh, and of, of serving the Lord gladly. Um, and so we can be lights to one another as we walk through the halls. You see somebody doing uh, something, whether it's carrying the coffee pots on Sunday morning or uh, you know clicking the pro presenter buttons uh, to put the slides on the screen. Man, let's just be encouraging uh, to those people who serve Jesus, even when they serve behind the scenes. Thanks for those reminders. Certainly, we want to, as uh, you wrap up that lesson, to be uh, certain to include uh, the comments and the direction toward uh, our, um, oh my goodness, the... (laughs) The, the measures uh, as we uh, as we want to grow as a disciple, right? Uh, because those are marks of a disciple. We want to be sure to include those as we uh, wrap our lesson. And certainly the live it out um, uh, is so important because that is the the soft accountability mm-hmm. uh, that we can provide that we're that this is more than just sitting and listening and telling stories, but then that we walk out into the week and we apply the truth of this word to our lives, and, and we want to hold each other accountable to those things, and that's important. Uh, so uh, we have uh, some a number of things going on around the church, and I'd love for us to point out uh, and uh, shine us a bright light on one of those events that's coming up. So, Kyle, would you give us some more information about the national? night out that's coming up quickly. Yeah, so um, we have a great opportunity here on our campus on October 3rd. That's a Tuesday um, from 6 to 8 that night. Uh, We are hosting on our campus the National Night Out, which the Shelby County Sheriff's Department is putting on. This is a national event, but um, here in our area, it's happening on Tuesday, October 3rd. And we are going to have all sorts of first responder vehicles and all sorts of different toys and stuff, including a, a helicopter uh, in our parking lot, our front parking lot. Um, we're also going to have all sorts of food trucks here. Just a great opportunity for the community to come and to meet uh, the different agencies in our community that help and that are first responders. Um, so uh, we're promoting that. Uh, the sheriff's department is is promoting that. The city is promoting it. So it really does have a great uh, opportunity to um, find or, or to see um, a lot of people coming on our campus that as uh, as they do, we get to hopefully be great hosts to them. And so that's what we want to do. And we want to encourage all of our people to be a part of that. And some of that will involve specific tasks. Some of that will involve just being here and being a good host and guiding people around. Um, and so uh, what we could use from you as life group leaders is to encourage your people to sign up. Uh, You will have had a a document in your uh, life group leader box that 
could be used for people to sign up. They can also sign up online. So uh, this week leading up to it, um, please just send out a message to your life group members to say, hey, if you've not signed up, to help out on that Tuesday night, we really could use some help. And they can go online and they can sign up and then we'll be in touch with the exact um, ways that we need them to serve. Uh, so we're going to have glow sticks that we're giving away. We're going to have, again, food trucks. We're going to have gift card giveaways. And we just want to be really good hosts to our community. So it's a great opportunity. It's a great way for us to engage our community, and we need to be a part of that. So thank you so much, fellas, uh, for investing time into speaking into uh, our leaders. And we are looking forward to seeing all of you on Sunday morning. <laughs>